Hello and welcome to the Blackadder's Employment Team podcast, where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. This podcast is aimed at managers and business owners and intends to keep you on the straight and narrow with your staff. My name is Jack Boyle, the soon-to-be head of the Blackadder's award-winning employment team. Within the next few years, <laughs> this is our Listen and Learn season of podcasts. What, Good morning, everybody. Why are you playing that, Jack? That's my bit, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, you did a better job. Oh, come oh, on, yeah. Duncan. <laughs> come on, Duncan. That's what I'm talking about. How are you anyway this morning, Simon? I am doing A-OK. How are you doing? A-OK. Ah, good one. I'll steal your lines as well as your job. Nice. Okay, so welcome to episode eight of season five, Employment on Your Pocket. Welcome along, Jack and Duncan Milne. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Chilly, chilly, chilly. It's cool, isn't it? Nippy, I've got the winter coat for the first time out of the wardrobe. As do I, Duncan's hardy. I came from the south <laughs> and was greeted from the chills of the north. <laughs> okay. So we are on episode eight. You probably already heard episodes one to seven, but if you haven't, stop. Go back to the beginning. This podcast won't make sense at all unless you've listened to our other seven episodes. Okay, this is our recap um, episode, isn't it? Um, So episode one, let's recap from the beginning. So Bruce was employed as a scientist. He made a serious error in his job. And this, the question episode one was, did this amount to gross negligence? What was your view, Jack? My view on that was that since Bruce's mistake was not deliberate, gross negligence required to be very considerable negligence. It's a pretty high test. Yes, yes, yes. And that came from, if you want a case, that came from Sandwell and West Birmingham Council versus Westwood. Nice. No citation. Citation, citation, Jack. No citation. I knew that question was coming. (laughs) And one time I'm unprepared. (laughs) Oh, one time. I get cut deep. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, in that situation, because Bruce made a very early admission and he was very reflective and remorseful, his employer decided to take no action against him on that occasion. Okay, so do we agree the employer was correct to take no action? What do you think? Duncan? Yeah, I reckon so. Yep, I think so too. Jack? Yeah, I think so. I think so. So three yeses for that question. Three yeses. Okay, so episode two. So in episode two... Bruce's employer made an anonymous complaint from colleagues about Bruce making serious mistakes. The employer decided to investigate the complaint even though it was anonymous. Do we think the employer was right to do that? Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit undecided still on the fence. Um, I would have suggested just to ignore it. It didn't appear to be anything within the complaint that was, for example, very serious stuff like high high-intensity health and safety issues or regulatory concerns for the employer. Yeah, I'm the same as you, I don't think the employer should have investigated that complaint because, again, there's no name on the complaint, was there? They could have said, you know, the sure. person could have given a complaint and made a grievance, couldn't they? But they didn't in this case. So I think I think the employer was wrong to investigate the complaint. And this was the one that was a bit of a coincidence, but the very next day after we recorded this podcast... We had a client came in, an employee who came in having been on the receiving end of an anonymous complaint. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's good timing, that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you remember that time that Simon, our Blackadders, received an anonymous complaint from (laughs) an angry driver? (laughs) Oh, yeah. A certain lawyer of the year. (laughs) That was a shocker, wasn't it? It was, yeah. I remember that. What did you do? 
Nothing. It wasn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me. Did you swear? The complaint came in. No, the complaint came in. It wasn't me, wasn't it? Johnston was sharpening his axe, though. Wasn't <laughs> yeah, the complaint came in and said I was kind of speeding or kind of flashing my lights at some motorist. Is that right? I've seen gesticulation. <laughs> Come on. Okay, okay, okay. Move on. Episode three. Um, after the employer decided to deal with the complaint, they suspended Bruce to investigate. So our advice in that podcast was a suspension will often be appropriate, but it should not just be a knee-jerk reaction. What do we think here? Was the employer correct to suspend Bruce? Yeah, I suppose that depends. Was you know was there a reasonable and proper cause to suspend? Um, probably not, in my view. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, how would you have felt, Si, if you got suspended over that? Delighted. That full pay, <laughs> full, full pay. pay. Couple of weeks suspension, couple of weeks. Take your time with that investigation, big man. <laughs> couple yeah. of months, couple of weeks, no problem. No, couple of years, no problem at all. Yeah, I think the is probably wrong, I think, to suspend this case. We're agreed? Yeah, I think a, a lot of employers are too too fast to, to pull the trigger on a suspension. Yeah, okay. Okay. Black arrows. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon they should have jerked the knee suspension <laughs> Simon Allison? Move on, please. Come on, move on, move on, move on. So, um, in this episode, we also disclosed that the employer sh- chose not to investigate and instead went straight to a disciplinary hearing. Thoughts here? Do we think they were right to, to move straight to the disciplinary hearing and avoid uh, investigation? Well, again, that depends, doesn't it? I mean, what could the empo- employer investigate in this case? Does the employer's procedures require there to be an investigation. Um, if not, I think the employer was correct to go straight to this plenary hearing. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, I suppose, I mean, yeah, I can see that. I'm, I'm sort of a little bit more, I'm always a little bit more cautious about these things. And, than who? Than you. <laughs> okay, okay, nice. <laughs> Maybe I'm just uh, less robust than you, Simon, less cavalier. Come on, Jack. Anyway, but I think it does depend what the procedures say, because... As we all know, guys, we see loads of different styles of disciplinary policies and things, and quite often the employer's policy maybe doesn't actually say you need to have an investigation meeting. Yeah, yeah. So follow your policy would be the the takeaway tip on that point. So the third and final issue discussed in this podcast was whether to allow an adjournment request. So I think the Employment Tribunal, uh, their sanction uh, for a successful claim uh, in relation to adjournment requests is two weeks pay. So, do we think they were correct to permit the adjournment in this case? Definitely. Definitely. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about that two weeks pay. It's a fairly paltry sanction. I mean, it doesn't really do much to deter the employer. I suppose um, so. Yeah, I suppose it was at the, the statutory maximum there, though, as well. Sure. Yeah. Remember in that podcast, Duncan, I gave you the sums to do. 20 grand. Um, how much is two weeks pay? Off the top of your head. £1,050. <laughs> what? That's too much. Five, five. Is that right, Jack? I think that's right. Yeah, oh, that is Come right. on. That's How do you know that? I don't know. Human calculator. It's all these schedules of loss I've been having to deal with. <laughs> okay. Okay. So episode four? Episode four. This was the one, remember, where... So he got his first adjournment and Bruce then failed to attend the second rescheduled meeting. And in this case, he submitted a fit note. Fit note. And he claimed to have sore fists. Oh, yeah. And what happened was the employer said, okay, we'll just hold this meeting in your absence and we will dismiss you, Bruce. So what do we think? Were they correct on that one, team? I think they were. What does sore, sore fists mean anyway? 
mean, meaningless, some would say. Could have been in the pub on a fight on the Saturday evening. Exactly. If it was the Hulk, he was probably smashing cars. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the employer was correct. Do you think to dismiss him on the basis of the sore fists fit note? Yeah, I think so. I mean, otherwise they could adjourn it again, but then where where do they draw the line? Exactly. And how much sick pay are they going to be paying to Bruce for punching cars? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Episode five. So we had Ruth on the show and yes. she was discussing her favourite topic, GDPR. Lovely. So after being dismissed, Bruce phoned HR asking for information to support the allegations made and he finishes the call by telling the employer that he intends to make S.H.I.E.L.D. worry. Um, and, and this was for messing him about. So S.H.I.E.L.D. decide they don't want to treat this as a subject access request. Do we think they were right? I, mean, I suppose it's a verbal, isn't it? A verbal request. Um, and they say you want to make S.H.I.E.L.D. sorry for messing with um, him. Um I think they were right not to deal with that as a surprise request. What do you think, Jack? Yeah, I mean, it's quite a it's quite a passive-aggressive way to phrase your request, certainly. But again, I'm not sure that it's specific enough for um, requesting personal data about him. Yeah. Because there could be all evidence to support the allegations. It could be any, any manner of things there. I mean, is that vexatious? That kind of threatening phone call to the employer? Well, I think his intention there on a first reading uh, seems to be that he's only doing it to cause, you know, worry, upset, panic. To the employer. To the employer. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder whether his intentions are genuine there too, as to whether he actually wants his personal data. Okay. So we agree the employer was correct not to do that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would say so. So after Bruce's call, his partner, Betty Ross, sent an email requesting copies of all of Bruce's personnel files. What about this time? Should they comply with the subject's access request? So the email came in from Betty Ross, Bruce's partner. Yes. And the email very clearly says she wants his personal data. Yes. Okay. So was that definitely from Betty? For that from Bruce? I don't know. I would be, if I was the employer and I was wanting to be extra proper about it, I would be inclined cautious. to cautious. Yeah. My favorite word. Unlike robust. Unlike robust. Okay. Cavalier. Reckless. Some <laughs> come, on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I would be tempted to advise them just, you know, tick the box, get an email or something from Bruce confirming that Sweaty Betty has got the proper authority <laughs> to request this information. Because <laughs> let's just let's just um, fast forward a couple of weeks and then it transpires that S.H.I.E.L.D. have handed out all this sensitive personal data yeah, sure. about the Hulk. Oh, yeah. And it turns out that he doesn't even have a girlfriend. Yeah. And poor Betty Ross might be on the receiving end of some sore fists if she's... Um, <laughs> she will be sweaty, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so episode six, um, Bruce decides to appeal the decision to dismiss and he states that he is disabled. And he tells his employer that his sore fists are a result of his rheumatoid arthritis. Mm, interesting. I would be worried about discrimination in this case. I agree. Because... Um, as we all know, discrimination, or at least as we learned in, in the episode six, discrimination. We know, we know, don't we? Credit is specialist, Jack. Yeah, we knew that. I'm just being humble. <laughs> okay. But discrimination can happen at any time in the procedure, and that includes right up to the appeal. So in this case, or in any case where the employee declares that they have a disability, or even if the employer could reasonably be expected 
to know there was a disability, for example, if there are some warning signs or yeah, some yeah. the employees acting out or out of character, then the employer should seek a medical report um, so that they can get some guidance on whether the person is or is not likely to have a disability. Yeah, sure. I agree. I agree. What was the authority for that point, guys? I think you remember. <laughs> was a case called Baldy against Church's Housing Association of Dud- Dudley. Baldy. <laughs> We've had this already, haven't we? Baldy. Bobo Baldy. That's uh, it's definitely Baldy. <laughs> Baldy. Who's the Baldy in Blackadders? <laughs> okay, <laughs> leave that. Move leave that. that <laughs> leave that, Duncan. So again, the employer investigates, then decides that Bruce's arthritis is very minor and not at a stage where it affects his work. So was the employer correct to investigate before reaching that decision? Of course they were. Yes. Three yeses. No brainer. Three yeses. Yes. Okay, episode seven. So lastly, uh, we we discussed whistleblowing in that episode and employers need to be wary of that. Bruce tried to blow the whistle and he raised health and safety issues in doing so. However, Jarvis, Tony Stark's very clever computer system, (laughs) decided that Bruce does not have, didn't have a reasonable belief in the wrongdoing and that he was merely trying to hedge his bets. So Jarvis further and Jarvis decides further that Bruce's whistleblowing is not in the public interest. Yes, and on that basis, she dismisses the appeal. Was she correct? Mm, I think so. Yeah, I agree. It's all about whistleblowing. It is all about being in the public interest. Exactly. And I think that's probably where a lot of claims will maybe fall down, where the person's got selfish or personal motives for sure. raising the request, and they don't really give two hoots about the public interest. So three S's, the employer was correct to dismiss the appeal, yes? Yes. And there was also a case on point about that, I think, in the last episode. <laughs> okay. What's the name of the case then, Duncan? Uh, Django Unchained versus Berkeley. <laughs> it's not Django Unchained. <laughs> it's on Yango, not Django Unchained. I've seen that, actually. Is that a good film? Jack, seen it? Yeah, it's good. It's uh, I don't know, it's a bit close to the bone in terms of the Equality Act. There's quite a lot of racism in it. <laughs> okay. It was okay. a plethora of issues, including victimisation, discrimination, <laughs> okay. and whistleblowing. For season six, perhaps, Django Unchained. We'll get Jamie Foxx along. <laughs> okay. We'll have to put an age rating on that one. <laughs> okay, so that's the end of that season. This is episode eight completed. Um, three takeaway tips, team. I mean, my takeaway tip, I think, from this season is um, Ruth's good point in episode five about subject access requests. They can come via Twitter. Did you see Ruth sent a quite a passive-aggressive tweet the other day to the ICO. Um, she sent a tweet on the 7th of October saying, I've said before, repeat it again, it's now important to monitor all avenues of contact for access requests. It definitely can include DMs via social media. Interesting. So that's takeaway tip number one. Duncan, what's your takeaway tip that. number two? Whistleblowing. Okay. Uh, well, there's a whistleblowing code of practice. Oh, right. Okay. And what's tip number two then? Um, give it a read. 13 pages. Nice. Lots of words. Small font, big font. Mixture. Mixture. Mainly okay. small font. Okay. Um, easy words. Okay. And no pictures. Nice. You learn a lot from that. Not whistleblowing even, code. Not even a whistle, but yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> That's tip two. And tip three, Jack? My third tip is yes. uh, not so much a legal season. tip for okay. this season. Yeah, yeah. I reckon that when it comes to cases, we're going to have to sack Donna. She can't pronounce <laughs> these difficult words. <laughs> what? Yeah. Pure Donna. I don't know whether it's just a Fife accent thing or something, <laughs> but 
So okay. I'm going to going forward. I'm going to take over the pronunciation of well, that's the likes a good of tip. Balde and Onyango, <laughs> okay, etc. Okay. And so long as you've got the citations ready, to of course, yes, Very yes, true, yes, yes, yes. Okay, that concludes that. That is episode eight of season five done and dusted. We're done. We are done. We're up to Christmas now, or bonfire night, Halloween, Christmas. All of them, really. All of them. New season next year. 2020. Holy smokes. Jeez. Time flies when you're having fun. So you're, you're retiring, isn't it, Simon? Yes, next year retire. <laughs> That's you qualified as well now, Dunk. Oh, yes. Yeah. Have you spent your first um, NQ pay packet? Yes. Um, what did you spend it on? I have a, a nice new TV coming my way today. <laughs> Where's it arriving? Um, when? No, where? where? Uh, unfortunately, the Blackadder's Dundee reception. Oh yeah, oh, oh, beastie! And how big is it? Which isn't handy because it was meant to be delivered to my flat in Edinburgh, <laughs> um, and it is um, big enough. Nice. Okay. You trust that Viv on reception, not a half inch it. <laughs> well, if there's any cracks in it, I'll know. <laughs> okay, that was that. Cheers and cheerio. Cheerio, guys. Cheers and cheerio. Hello and welcome. <laughs> oh That's God. a shocker. Oh. That is a shocker, Jack. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm too hysterical. I'm too high energy, Zach. Si. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. Right, maybe if I... <laughs> right, Jack.